Welcome to the Edutainer Podcast. My name is Erin Albert. In this podcast, we explore the intersection between education and entertainment. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next. Hey, everybody, Erin Albert, June 22nd, Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. Hope your summer is kicking off well. I was asked recently by a connection on LinkedIn via a a private message about my current career trajectory. So, and I thought about it and I really haven't talked about it a lot here on the podcast. So I wanted to share a little bit more about the wonderful world and exciting world of pharmacy benefits. So for those of you that I haven't really shared this with, I work at a company obviously called Apex Benefits. I've talked a lot about them here. What they are is a mid-level, meaning not huge and national or international, although we have those partners and we can do that, but we're a mid-market broker, insurance broker, meaning that private companies come to us or publicly traded companies come to us and look to us to advise them on their benefits for their employees. There are two types of employers that we work with at Apex Benefits. One type is called fully insured. The other is called self-funded. If you've never studied health insurance before, these are two major types of ways by which companies can insure the medical benefits for their employees. It's really complicated on the differences, particularly here in Indiana, because Indiana is a market that tends to be more self-insured than fully insured. But if you take any kind of basic training, uh, AHIP, for example, is an organization that does a lot of training in health insurance spaces, they can tell you the differences between fully insured and self-funded Another great program, a certification that I've gone through recently is called CHVP, Certified Health Value Professional. That program, too, talks about the differences between fully insured and self-funded organizations. Generally, fully insured are smaller organizations, although that's not always the case. And then self-funded takes on more of the risk associated with costs around medical benefits and tends to be a little bit larger in terms of number of employees. I'm not going to focus on that aspect because you could spend hours talking about the differences between fully insured and self-funded employees. But that being said, we do both at Apex. Um, What I do is I focus on pharmacy benefits. Now, All the things that I do are actually listed on my LinkedIn profile. So you can go over there and read all about, you know, the major buckets that we in the pharmacy benefits team look at and perform at Apex Benefits. What today's podcast is more about is how I got to that position, because it's not really a position you can just roll into right out of school, pharmacy school. Now, some or a few pharmacists have but it's generally unlikely that that would be a, a position that you just roll on to after pharmacy school. I had quite a bit of extensive knowledge 
in other types of healthcare plans prior to coming to my current role. So I want to talk a little bit about those. I think sometimes the best training for the commercial healthcare space overall is working in Medicaid, believe it or not. Medicaid of the positions that I've had, and I worked a little bit in Medicaid formulary management. I also worked in drug pricing around Medicaid. What's really interesting about this whole space is that Medicaid tends to be the most innovative when it comes to making formulary decisions, managing formularies, uh, and drug pricing, more so than even commercial plans. So for, you know, those of us who work with regular employers and we get our little healthcare insurance card with our pharmacy benefit manager and our uh, third-party administrator or um, medical carrier on them, those plans tend to be less innovative than Medicaid. So I always share with students who ask me about my career development is a good tip is to start in Medicaid if and when you can because Medicaid tends to be very innovative. Let me give you one example. Opioid crisis, still kind of ongoing as a problem, right? But the Medicaid plans at the state levels actually came up with the first innovative clinical programs in terms of morphine milligram equivalents in cutting off, you know, clinical high dose, uh, either prior authorizations or rejections based upon too high an MME dose. I remember working on that in a past life in a Medicaid plan, you know, calculating those morphine milligram equivalents across all the opioids as uh, edits. So that's just one example I think Medicaid actually is a lot more innovative than commercial plans. So now, exactly, you know, using the same example with MMEs, commercial plans have now put in MME programs for opioid use. So whatever's happening in Medicaid today will probably be coming to commercial plans three to five years from now, if that makes sense. So if you really want to work in the space of commercial plans, pharmacy benefit managers, etc., I think a great place to start oftentimes is Medicaid, believe it or not. Medicare as well, I think is an interesting place uh, or dual eligible, so Medicaid, Medicare. And, you know, there's as many opportunities as you can think of. There's prior authorization. You can work in call centers. You could do formulary management. There are also several residencies and or fellowships in managed care, either on the plan side, pharmacy benefit manager side, the major medical carriers like your Aetna's, your United Healthcare's, your Anthem's, for example. There's all kinds of places where pharmacists can work. Now, what's really interesting in my current job is I'm on the flip side of that. I'm helping commercial employers choose who their medical carrier and or their pharmacy benefit managers are. So 
Medicaid, I think, is a great stepping stone for that. So if you are, for example, in pharmacy school or early career and you're trying to break in to the managed care space, Medicaid might be a great place for you to start. Do a rotation in managed care. AMCP has a list of APPEs or APPE rotations, I think. They used to. I haven't looked at it lately, but there's an opportunity there as well. Also, with telehealth, telepharmacy exploding, I think there's a huge opportunity. I think a lot of the health plans and or the pharmacy benefit managers are getting creative with how pharmacists interact with their members. Advocacy is another huge space, particularly with specialty and high-dollar drugs and finding opportunities for savings for commercial plans through pharmacists, and pharmacists know that space pretty well. There are associations now that are focused solely on advocacy. We talked to NAMAPA on this very podcast. I'll be sure to link that episode up if you're interested in the advocacy avenue. They've got an annual meeting coming up very soon. So there's lots of opportunity. Now, I will say I think there's a competitive advantage being in the space that I'm in as well, being an attorney in addition to being a pharmacist in that we do a lot of contract reviews and to understand the elements of a good contract I think are really important although you could probably teach that skill set to a pharmacist Uh, I know of many pharmacist attorneys who work in health plans as well either more on the legal side or the clinical side or both maybe they bounce back and forth I do a little bit of bounce back and forth myself so there's lots of opportunities there The larger brokers like your Aons, Mercers, Willis Tower, Watson, those major kind of national players in brokerage spaces in the U.S. also hire pharmacists uh, to kind of manage their pharmacy benefits as well. So you don't necessarily have to work for one of those larger employers, some of the smaller brokerage Places like Apex, for example, uh, are hiring pharmacists, although it seems to be kind of rare in the mid-market space. And, of course, all the other elements of account management when it comes to brokerages, I think, lends to a pharmacist as well. So looking even beyond the pharmacy benefits into the health benefits There's lots, for example, of medical benefits now covering JC and Q code drugs, those injectable high dollar drugs that are billed not in the pharmacy benefit, but over in the medical benefits. So there's opportunities there for pharmacists to get involved. So lots of opportunity, and I I wanted to put a quick podcast out about my current position because I was not only asked, but it's not something I don't think that you can just jump into right after school. If you do, I would argue that you probably need a dual degree or some other skill set in addition or experience like a fellowship prior to stepping into a brokerage house uh, and and doing kind of the work that I'm doing. But it's not to say that you couldn't start in some type of fellowship or residency through AMCP or any kind of uh, managed care. 
to get to the level of opportunity that might be there for working in a mid-market brokerage kind of as the one and only pharmacist all the way through to the national brokerage houses that have or employ several pharmacists. So I hope that helps. I will be sure to link up some of the things that I mentioned in today's episode for you as resources to get started. Good luck. You know, I think commercial employers out there realize that healthcare benefits is number two behind payroll as their most expensive budget line item for their companies. And in order to spend their money wisely, they really do need professionals that understand the healthcare marketplace, understand the pitfalls and the concerns. So, Good luck, whatever path you choose. I hope this episode has helped you reveal a little bit behind the curtain of healthcare and pharmacy benefits in the commercial space for employers. If you want to know more, I would suggest you look at show notes today on ways to get started. And really, the only limits are the ones between your ears. So if this is an area of passion for you, you know, get involved. Join AMCP. Look at different opportunities across the managed care spectrum, and you'll be off and running in no time. Take care, and everybody have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Edutainer. If you're a super fan, head on over to our Patreon page for The Edutainer and you get extra goodies just for being a super fan. Our Patreon page is called Behind the Counter and on it we have an extra blog full of goodies just for our super fans. Also, join me on Clubhouse this year. I'm at Aaron Albert there as well as Instagram. Over at Twitter, I'm at Aaron L. Albert. And of course, you all know I love LinkedIn. So let's connect and let's have a great 2021 together.